theyeshiva.net. You have today a Metzius where there's a lot of Jews who are bitter. A lot of young people are bitter. I don't mean bitter that they're nasty people. Bitter that they're cynical. They've been hurt. They're bitter by the system. They're frustrated. They're meridus, meridus. They're frustrated people. And they become embittered, embittered. The Ruzhina once said, it says, They couldn't drink water because they were bitter. The water was bitter. So the Ruzhina said, doesn't go on the water. It goes on the people. They couldn't drink the water because they're bitter. People who are bitter, whatever they taste is bitter. You can give them the sweetest thing in the world, but if I'm bitter, everything is bitter. You know, when you're in a bad mood, you can be in the most beautiful resort in the world, most beautiful vacation, you get angry, you're anxious, because you're in a bitter place. So you have people who are bitter today. I think, it's, I think this gentleman was right. I think there's more frustration than anything. You ask questions, you're right. you don't get answers. You get the same nonsense <coughs> over and over and over again. You don't really get answers. So. So Hillel teaches us that we have to have the courage, we have to have the courage to take into our sandwich the Pesach and the Matzah and the Mar. And when you do that, nothing is mavatl, ain't a mavatl, It's kulam, it's vice of Shalakadosh Baruch When you are typhus, that behind the Mar, there's also God, so then the Mar doesn't take away anything from the Pesach or the Matzah, it only enhances it. If you don't see the murder as a mitzvah, then it takes away the taste of the matzah. But if you see the murder as also a mitzvah, it's just a different type of mitzvah. It's also a soul. It's just a different type of soul. It's a soul that has its own journeys, then it'll never take away from the tam ha-matzah. That's how it is. You have to be able to see the depth behind the anguish of a soul. Okay, so let's continue here. We're holding on. We're holding page thirty-two. The line starts mamish. <coughs> That's your deja vu. It sounds a lot like yesterday. Deja vu all over again. There it is. But this time it's mamish. Yeah. This time the line Taka starts mamish. Trust me, this line you could learn a lot of times. Kizeklal Godel Shamalchus Yagiremus Lius Prinis Yesh Kanal. This is the Klal Malchus causes the reality of a Yesh as explained. Vinikrilakach imatato. That's why in Kabbalah Malchus is called the lower mother, imatato. It's also called Matrunissa. Matrunissa is the queen. It's also called Eim Habonim, the mother of children. 
All these names represent the same idea. The mother, the queen, the princess, the mother of the children, Malchus Yam. The mother basically has the child, the fetus, in her womb for nine months, where the fetus is covered in the amniotic sac. The fetus is submerged in water in the Yam, in a mikveh. That is the place in which a fetus develops and matures and becomes viable to the point that it could leave the womb and emerge as an independent child. Those nine months of the fetus being in the womb of the mother, spiritually speaking, is what? Is the soul in the yam, in Malchus, before it can come out. In fact, Alpi, Nister, that's why it's nine months of pregnancy. The biology of nine months is not stam nine months because that's basically the period that it takes for the fetus to become fully mature to the point that it can emerge. That's physic. That's biologically. Spiritually, every neshama is rooted in chachma. Now you have to go through nine months. The first month the neshama goes from chachma to bina, das. Chesed, Gvurit, Tiferes, Netzachayd, Yisoyed. The ninth month is Malchus. Once the Neshama hits Malchus, now it's ready to come out into this world. It's a fully developed soul. But the key is, throughout the whole period, it's in the mother's womb. The mother's womb is like a yam. It's like a sea. It's in the water. And yam, we said, is Malchus. Yam conceals everything that's in the yam. So there is a physical process of development and there's a spiritual process of development. For the soul to be able to morph and transform from being tahoirahi into atabarasa. We spoke about the nature of the soul that essentially, what is it? It's a chelik it's divine. And yet for it to assume an identity, which we call a nivra, it goes through this state of malchus, which as he said, it's true about the entire world. The entire world, Hashem malach geus lavesh, if there wouldn't be the lavush of malucha, then we would look at the universe and we would see Ziv Hashemesh, Betoich Hashemesh. You would see the light wave in the solar core. It wouldn't have an independent reality. The Geshem would be completely aligned and an expression of the Ruach, the Gashmis of the Ruchnes. Therefore, the soul must be impregnated in the Midah that we call Malchus. It's in that Midah that the soul is impregnated, meaning it's enveloped by the middle of Malchus, which allows it to become a yesh. All Malchus always necessitates otherness, yesh. So essentially we have now a new system of how the holidays work. Shmini we start asking for rain. We start saying, What is this? On Shmini Atzeres, all the souls go into the womb of the feminine. That's what rain represents. Rain represents divine sperm. Zera, seed. It's the procreative substance, just like rain, is the procreative seed that comes from heaven. It's absorbed by Mother Earth. Eretz is Malchus, femininity. Mother absorbs the rain, the earth. What does it do with the rain? It absorbs it, and ultimately it uses the water and develops it for growth. And then it produces everything, all the yield, all the produce that comes from the earth. 
Eretz Mimena Teitzei Lechem, as the Pasuk says. Spiritually speaking, the Geshem represents the seed of the Father that then gets absorbed into the Rechem Hanukva, into the womb of the feminine, into the womb of the mother. V'shoyim Sham Zayin Chadashem. The soul remains in the womb of the mother for seven months. Ad Zayin Shal Pesach Zman Halida. What happens on Shri Shal Pesach? Kriyas Yamsov. The sea splits. The womb of the mother opens up, so to speak, and all the souls are born on Shri Shal Pesach. All Neshamas are conceived on Shmini Atzeres, and they're born on Shri Shal Pesach. Alderich Marshal Begashmi is just like physically. Shaliyois his havus muhus vlad minatipa. You want to take a tipa. A tipa is the seed, the sperm of the father. But from a tipa, to microscopic, you, you, you take a microscope, you'll see in the tipa a body. You'll see the source of... Huh? Zion, Zion. No, I said six. That's the whole Sugi and Rosh Hashanah about it. Shnasi huh? Yibur, seven, and also Yeladis Lemakotayim. The Gemara asks us in Rosh Hashanah. Yeladis Lemakotayim means when you say seven, it's not complete seven. It could be in the seven. Yeah. Like the Chinese birthdays. The Chinese birthdays could even be a day. Chinese birthdays, if you're born one day before the Chinese birthday, you're already a year old. So he says, For a fetus to develop from a tipper, from a seed, Minimum, minimum, not maximum, but minimum, it has to remain seven months in the womb of the mother. Of the nukva, of the feminine, of the lady. During this time, by eating and drinking from the nutrients from what his mother drinks and eats. What is really the process of pregnancy and development? The tip is not considered a yesh. The tip is considered a potential. But for it to really develop an identity of its own, Pushed in terms of physicality, it needs the seven months, the eight months, the nine months, in order to be able to grow. And now everything that's in the tipper can develop and flesh out until it becomes a full fetus. The neshama, the way it is in its source in atzilus, is called ayin. What's prat ayin? Ayin means nothingness. What does it mean? The neshama is nothingness. Mean nothingness means its entire reality is nothing but. An expression, a reflection of the Ein Soif. It's like the light wave in the solar core. Like he said before, It's like the letters of thought when you're experiencing an emotion. When you're experiencing an emotion or an idea, it's the relationship between the letters of thought to the, to the, to the, to the emotion. Between the thought of the emotion and the emotion. Between the thought of the idea and the idea. That's the relationship of the neshama telekos. Laman achai v'reyai adav neshalem bach. Completely one. So be'etzim the neshama is ayin. Ha neshama is the b'chines of ayin. B'chdeshet is havalius b'chines yesh. The neshama should become a yesh. Hu'aydeshem is ha'kevez b'rechem ha'nukve v'shoyesham zayin chadashem v'echeles v'shoyesam. 
During the seven months, the Neshama needs to get all the light and energy to be able to develop fully. The whole winter, it hibernates in the womb, and then on Shvi Yishal Pesach is the birth of the souls. So we had a connection between Shmini Yatzeres, the end of Tishrei, and the end of Pesach. The end of Tishrei is conception, and the end of Pesach is birth. Essentially, if you think about it, there's really a process here that's being developed. And it's really a picture of the Yom Tovim. In many ways, the relationship between Hashem and the Jewish people is a relationship between an Isha and an Isha, Chasen and Akalam. The whole Shir Hashirim is based on this idea. The Rambam says in Hilchus Truvim, that the whole Shir Hashirim is a marshal for the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Knesset Yisrael. Now this relationship consists of many different levels. So if you really want to go into it, it starts before Tishrei. It starts in the month of Elul. In Lekutatoyer and Parshas Rei, the Balatanya says, what's the month of Elul? The month of Elul is Melech Basada. The famous marshal of Tishrei already became known, but this was a marshal that Alter Rebbe gave, that in Elul the king is in the field. What's the king is in the field? When the president is in the White House, it's very hard to get to him. But when the president is on a campaign trail, so even Joe the plumber... What was his name? Joe the Plumber. Plumber has equal access. The president doesn't wear a tie. Yeah? You know, he's Tsugalazin, it's called. Tsugalazin. Speaks to everybody. Because that's what campaigning is. You want to create a relationship? Read my lips. No taxes. So, huh? so you have the king in the field. Everybody has equal access to the king in the field. Later, the king goes to the palace. It's a whole different Metzias. Elul, the king is in the field. Yemei HaChayel. If you want to go and use imagination a little bit, you could say that Elul is the month of courtship. They used to call courtship, today they call it dating. But courtship is a more eloquent name. Basically, the king is in the field. What's the concept of courtship? You want that the groom and the bride should get to know each other pleasantly, easily, just to get to know each other. The concept of Anila Doidi, El Anila Doidi, Vidoidi, the king is in the field. It's a sense of graciousness. Elul is the month of courtship. Find out who I am. As Panecha Hashem Avakish, we say the Dovid Hashem Oiri, Shifti Beves Hashem. Elul is the month of courtship. After four weeks comes the night of Rosh Hashanah. The night of Rosh Hashanah basically Hashem proposes. He makes a proposal. I want to get married to you. That's the night of Rosh Hashanah. Hashem makes a proposal. I'm crazy about you. I'm in love with you. Would you marry me? The Jews are like, wow, that was fast. It was just four weeks. He says, you want to date for 18 years like the Minig of Manhattan? I mean, we could. But uh, the truth is, I'm made for you. You're made for me. We're made for each other. Yes, we can have a relationship, you know, to meet once a year, twice a year, three times a year, not to be married, but that's the truth of me and that's the truth of you. So the Jews tell God, give me a night. Give me a night to think about it. The night of Rosh Hashanah is a very heavy night in Nister because the world stands in balance. Why does it stand in balance? 
is the girl going to say yes <laughs> or no? You know, the chassan is <laughs> anxious. If she says no, then the whole thing is in brachal of atala. The whole investment was worthless. If it's a yes, then everything was worth it. In the morning, the Jewish people say, we have an answer. How do they answer? They answer with drama. It's called a shoifer. Sadi Gon says one of the reasons of shoifer, he gives ten reasons, is hamlachas hamelech. It's basically accepting. The answer is yes. Aserisimei tshuva are the days that prepare for the wedding. Yim Kippur, the Gemara says at the end of Tainus, Yim Kippur, Yoim Shenitnu Boiloi, Luchas Acherenes is Yoim Chasunosa, Yamishna in Tainus, Dav Chavov. Yim Kippur is the Chasana. What do a Chasana and Kala do by the Chasana? The day of the Chasana, the Kala wears white. White gown, that's what we wear on Yim Kippur, we wear white. The day of the Chasana, the Chasana, the Kala fast. We also fast on the day of the Chasana. The Chasana is, the beginning of the Chasana is somber, it's solemn, it's serious. How do you begin the chasana? Kol Nidre. Kol Nidre, the first thing you have to say is, all my commitments, all my pledges, all my oaths to other people, to other relationships, to other addictions, to other insecurities, are bottle. Because if you're tied up to other things, you can't have a relationship. Because you're, you're connected, you're, you're in shackles. So the first thing is you have to let go of all your other, all your other ties. And Yom Kippur essentially is the chasana, it's the chuppah between Hashem and Knesset Yisrael. Until you hit the highlight, huh? It says all, someone gets married. All the sins are yeah. Forgiven. The Gemara says, Chasen mm-hmm. Under the chuppah, all the sins get forgiven. And who do we learn this from? We learn it from Esav. <laughs> Machalas. He married Machalas. So Chazal say, Why? Gemara in Yavamas. Why Machalas? Because Machal Akalavinoisav. Even Esav. Even Esav. Machal Akalavinoisav. In other words, the moment you go under a chuppah, What's pshat you go on the chuppah? You commit yourself to the mitzvah of pruurvu to make another Jew. Once heard a word from the Rebbe, he said, As I, so the people say that if you're going to spend time being of other Yidin to Yiddishkeit, it's not a good thing because your own spiritual perfection is going to be compromised. You have to spend your time steiging for yourself and davening and learning. What are you going to go spend time on another Jew? So he says... The moment a chassan goes under the chuppah, he makes a commitment to the mitzvah of pruurvu to make another Jew The moment you make a commitment to make another yid you're done, you're good. That's how you have to look at it. And you learn it even from Esav, even a person in the beginning of Esav. I'll call upon him, so that's Yom Kippur. It's a new start. You get married, it's a new start, but for this you have to let go of the old stuff, that's called Nidre. Now comes the highlight of Yom Kippur. The highlight of Yom Kippur is Ne'ilah. What's Ne'ilah? Ne'ilah essentially, the world learns Ne'ilah is, by sunset, the gates of heaven are about to close. So Chaparai. Because after Ne'ilah, it's too late. You know, the garage starts coming down. Yeah, The garage comes down. You've got you to gotta jump in. You shouldn't get your neck stuck under it because you know that's called a guillotine. It's a little dangerous. So Ne'ilah uh, Chaparai. The truth is, in Chassidus it says that Kerta idea, opposite idea. That during the illa, the gates of heaven are closed, but you're inside. In other words, the illa is like the yichud room. After the chuppah, you have the yichud room. And the shittas of Rishonim, some Rishonim say that's the whole chuppah. The chuppah is the yichud. The chasen and kala alone. By the chuppah, you still have other people. 
Ne'ilah is the pshat, it's closed. The door, even the shviga is not allowed to be in the yichud room. The biggest chiddush is even the photographer is not in the yichud room. That's the biggest chiddush. The Masada Kedushin goes out. It's actually a nice moment when all the mechatonim are thrown out of the room. It's actually a nice moment. The shatchin leaves, the rov leaves, everybody leaves. The chasen and kala alone. Yisrael of Malka bel That's the hergish of Ne'ilah. The feeling of Ne'ilah is Yisrael of Malka bel Every Jew is alone with Hashem, especially the time of Shema Yisrael, Baruch Shem, Hashem Uelakim. You'll see an interesting thing. I've done uh, quite a few weddings, and they always prepare good food in the Yichud room. You know, sushi and orange juice and cake. The Chassan and Kala never touch the food. Basically, me and the photographer eat all the food always. We come in afterwards, we eat all the food. It's a very nice meal to have. The Chassan and Kala, the Chassan and Kala never touch the food. And I always wondered why. The answer, of course, is. If it's a healthy couple, they're so excited that they got married, their adrenaline flow eliminates the, the pangs of hunger. You'll see an interesting thing. Ahoyim Kippur, Jews complain that they're hungry. That's the minigistra. By Ne'ilah, this moments, certain moments, by Ne'ilah, you don't feel the hunger. So a cynical explanation is because you know that, you know, it's coming. It's atat, atat. But there's also a deeper explanation, and I think maybe a truer explanation. In the Yuchid room, even though the Chos and Akala didn't eat all day, yeah, they don't feel hungry. You don't feel hungry. Again, I once heard from the Rebbe, why is it that people, Mitzrayim Kippur, rush to Maidav so fast? You ever see the rush to Maidav, Mitzrayim Kippur? So he says, the Velt let in because people are hungry. He says, the Emesis is because Maidav is the first mitzvah after Yom Kippur. Because it's the first mitzvah after Yom Kippur. So Jews rush to do it after Yom Kippur. And he said it's not a stidid to what the world says, because one is on a conscious level and one is on a subconscious level. I'll call upon him. So that's Ne'ilah. What happens after the Yichud room? What happens? They come out, and now starts the second part of the wedding. From the somber part, you have the dancing and the celebration. What happens after Yom Kippur? You have Sukkot. What's Sukkot? Sukkot is the Simcha of the Chasana. People think that Sukkot is a separate holiday from the Shoshone Yom Kippur. Balatanya says it's the same Yomtev. Tiku b'chaydeh shoifah b'keseh l'yom chageinu. Talter Rebbe teaches what is b'keseh on Rosh Hashanah comes out b'gilu in yom chageinu. In other words, Sukkot is really Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is the somber part of the wedding. And Sukkot is the, the Simcha part of the wedding. The dancing, the jumping, the festivity, Simcha's Beisah Sheva. But it's all the wedding. It's all the wedding. Why do you have to have four days in between Yom Kippur and Sukkot? For pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so then you have seven days of Sukkot is celebration. And who's part of the celebration? The whole world. You makrif 70 bulls for Shiva Mumasa Olam. You take the whole nature. Lulav, Esrig, Hadas, Arava. Sukkot is in the streets. Sukkot is outside. The whole world is a shutif of, of the celebration. Everybody comes to the chasana. Yeah, it's almost like a Rebbe Shechassana. God's wedding with the Jewish people is almost as big as a Rebbe Shechassana. Almost as big. I mean, they don't have all the bleachers and everything. But it's close. It's close. That's seven days of Sukkot. But here the Balatanya goes a step deeper. He says, then comes Shmini Atzeres. What happens, Shmini Shmini Atzeres, the Chassan and Kala go home. What happens when they go home? Now everyone leaves. Now there's no band, and there's no florist, there's no photographer, there's no shatchin, there's no shvigit, there's no mother. Now they go home to do what we call playhouse. What's Shmini Atzeres? Shmini Atzeres, he starts saying, The chasen is over. Now the husband and wife have to consummate the marriage, live as a husband and a wife together. Where is that expressed? 
That's expressed in the Simcha of HaKafas. The Simcha of HaKafas is not the celebration of Sukkot. It's a different celebration. <laughs> celebration of Sukkot is the universal celebration of the marriage of Yom Kippur. The Simcha of HaKafas is the moment of intimacy between a husband and a wife. And it's a very sacred moment. It's a very private moment. When they become one flesh, what happens? The seed of the husband enters into the flesh, of the, into the womb of the mother. Spiritually, the seed of the Reboi Shalom. what's the seed of Hashem? Neshamas Yisrael, which are Echelik Elekam Imal. What's called the seed, the tip of Hashem? The Neshama, which is Echelik Elekam It's His tip, just like the tip, where does it come from? It comes from the Father. It's not separate from the Father. The Father doesn't say, oh, here is my seed and here is me. It's all part of the Father. And it's rooted in the Father's brain and the Father's consciousness. The Gemara says, ain't kishui, ela lodas. It's rooted in the Father's consciousness, but it's inseparable. Ultimately, what is a child? A child is the Father's essence, the way it comes out in a separate being. And that's only a child. There's nothing else in the world that way. When you paint a painting, it's not your essence coming out in a painting. It's your energy coming out in a painting. Your creativity coming out in a painting. You build a beautiful home, you're an architect. It's your genius coming out in a, in a building. You, 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 write, you write a beautiful sonnet, a beautiful ballad. It's your creativity coming out. No question. You build a table, it's also your creativity, but it's not your etzim. That's why, Adam chas al people feel bad. You hear that your painting gets destroyed, it's not a geshmaka feeling. You put in kaychis into something, you build something, it's destroyed, nobody likes it. But it's not compared to a child. Why is it not compared to a child? You'll see, if you're going to ask a father, would you rather lose your life or you lose your painting? So of course, destroy the painting. Well, with a child, it's not like that. Why? Because the child is rooted in the father and mother deeper even than they are rooted in themselves. In other words, he's rooted in a part of themselves that is deeper than their own conscious relationship with themselves. So they'll do something for the child, they won't do for themselves. The tip, in other words, is rooted in the etzema av, in the etzema aim. The Rakachava says in Halach, it's also like this, in Baba Basra, there's a question if Yerusha is Shinu Rushus, you know, in Gneva, if you take something and then you give it to another domain, so the status changes. So what happens if the, the Ganev dies and it goes over to his son? Is it called Shinu Rushus or not? It is. Rakachava says no. Yerusha is not Shinu Rushus. He brings from the Gemara that Etzem Haben is Etzem Ha'av. Yerusha in Chayda is not transference. It's not called transference. It's the Etzem Ha'av is Etzem Haben. In a core level, it's one. It's just when the father is alive, you don't mm-hmm. see it. When the father passes away, the ben becomes the father. Tachas That's also in halacha. But I'll call upon him. What happens? That's the intimacy. Intimacy is that the chelik elikami mal, the neshama is rooted in the essence. That soul now assumes a separate identity. It's called seed. But with the seed, it's not tangible yet. What are you going to do with the seed? The mother takes it and she brings it into the ocean. She brings it into the yam. And here the neshama goes through a whole transformation for seven months or eight months or nine months until it could become what we call human identity, what we call I. There's an I, there's a sense of I. That I, even a, devo- even a, a good eye, we're talking about a good eye, a sacred eye, that sense of I, of the soul, happens through pregnancy. So Shmini Yatzeres is intimacy between husband and wife, <coughs> between God and the Jewish people. That's Hakafas. That's Hakafas. The simcha of hakafis, it's a different type of simcha than sukkahs. Then, of course, you have, afterwards, you have Isru Chag, you have the end of Tishrei, we can call that the honeymoon, 
And then you have the month of Cheshman. The month of Cheshman is an interesting month in the Jewish calendar. It's the most boring month in the Jewish calendar. There's not one day when you don't say Tachnon, unless certain shuls and months. But generally, in, in you know, straight shooters, Cheshven, every day Tachnon. Not one day that you're off. It's a fascinating thing. From Tishrei, you jump into Cheshven, it's like from a hot mikveh into a cold shower. But the Pshat is, that's exactly what a marriage looks like. <laughs> it's exactly what it looks like. You finish the marriage, honeymoons, the lights go out, you deposit all the checks, and then you go into Cheshven. You go into Cheshven, and life becomes about taking out the garbage and learning how to find romance in the daily grind of duty and responsibility that may be sometimes monotonous and boring. But the truth is, in the winter, the Neshamas are hibernating. They're developing. Comes Pesach. Shvi Yishal Pesach, the Yam splits. Which Yam? The Yam is the womb of the mother, the Rechem Hanukva. The Yam splits, all the Neshamas come out. So the birth of Neshamas are Shvi Yishal Pesach. And it's the birth that allows the transformation from Ayin to Yesh. From Ayin to Yesh. It says in Zoya, the reason a baby cries when it comes into the world is because there's the trauma of being transformed into a whole new reality. It sees the world and it's like, whoa, what world did I come into? Again, there's the biological reason and explanation why babies cry. But it's connected to the spiritual reason that babies cry. But the truth is that what this means is that the time of pregnancy, the Neshama is going through a very intense process. And the time of birth is an intense process, not only for the mother, for the baby, physically, but also spiritually. Which also means that the time of conception, which is Shmini Atzeres spiritually, or every baby in its own time, is also a very, very unique moment. In fact, there's a Rashi in Tehillim. It says in Kapitel Chavzayin in Tehillim, David HaMelech says... My mother and father have abandoned me, and Hashem took me in. Rashi says, what does this mean? It's quite a Rashi. It's based on the Medrash and Chazal. He says as follows, that a father and a mother, after they're intimate with each other, what do they do? In the words of Rashi, Each one makes an about face and goes to sleep. People are tired. What happens? For a child, now think for a moment. If I were to ask you, what was the most fateful, transformative moment in your life? Which experience in your life do you think had the greatest impact on you? Either positive or negative? You think you can answer that question? Which moment, what experience did you go through that had the greatest, most powerful impact. Most people can't answer this question. They know there may be. They know there may be. But if you would know which, then that would already be half the cure. If you would be able to identify that's the moment. Some kids do know because of, of they were privileged to special treatment. So they do know certain moments. And even they're not so sure. But what Rashi is really arguing is that from all the moments, really the most important moment, as we see from this Mimer, is the transformation from Ayin to Yesh. From a moment when you didn't have to exist to a moment when you have to carry the burden of existence, when you have to exist. What moment is that? Essentially, it's the moment of conception. The moment of conception is when the tipa, which is only a tipa now, 
goes in and ultimately will be conceived, fertilized, and developed as an embryo, meet the egg and develop as, as a Vlad, as a Vlad. That moment, what are the father and mother doing? They're sleeping. <laughs> They're out cold. So David HaMelech says, Ki avi v'imi azavuni. Who was there for me then? Who was there? Hashem Yasfei. The only one who was awake at that point was God. He was there. Tehillim Chavzayim. No, no, no. I'm explaining based on this. Rashi just says what they're doing and what's, what's the trauma of this. Okay, they're not let us sleep. They went to sleep. But what should they do? You want them to stay up forever? I'm explaining because this is not stomach's a little event. Yeah. For the bar mitzvah, you won't go to sleep. For the wedding, you won't go to sleep, hopefully. For the upshenish, you won't go to sleep. But this is more important than all of them. The creation, the baby's being created. From the moment where our mamish divine to the moment that I assume a state of identity. That transformation is an extraordinary transformation and it's the source of all crisis in human life. Trying to make peace between who you are. Are you divine or are you separate from the divine? And the separation creates tremendous anxiety and both are true. We're ayin and we're yesh. We're divine and we're human. We're one and we're not one. We're attached and we're detached. In fact, you have here that we spoke a few weeks ago, the whole theory in the Maimah about Lachamishna, the whole theory of attachment and detachment, which is today the Yusayda Yusaydas of therapy, is really all based on this. Ayin means you're attached, you're completely one. Yesh means you're detached. <coughs> in order to get detached, you have to know that you're attached. In order to be attached fully in this world, you have to get detached, etc. So Rashi says, Hashem Yasveni. That's the moment. That moment is Shmini Yatzeres, or in Yom Tov Sheni Shagolius at Simchas On Pesach, you have the Lidas Hanashamas. All the souls are born. Kriyas Yamsuf means Yamsuf is Malchus. Yamsuf is the mother. Eim Habonim, Ima Tato, Matrunisa. It literally tears open. And that's why it's called Kriyas Yamsuf. It should have been called Pekiyas Yamsuf. It's called Kriyas Yamsuf. Koreya. It tears open. It tears open the Yamsuf and the Neshamas spiritually. The time of Leidas HaNeshamas, Alpiteris HaNister, is Shri Yishal Pesach. Neshamas about that year? Or what is, what is that year, yeah. Every Shri Yishal Pesach. Everybody's birthday is a different birthday. The birthday is uh, whatever. The birthday is Simchas Torah too. It doesn't mean they're premature. It just means the spiritual source of the time of Neshamas are born. And then every neshama gets allotted to its its body, its uh, its person. So everybody understood yesterday the mahalach of all the holidays, yeah? Elul, Rosh Hashanah, Sarasamei Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shemini Atzeres, and Chastayna, and then the winter months. Sukkot is the whole chasana. And Shavah Brachas. Seven days, okay. But everybody is invited. The main thing is everybody is invited. That's what the Mishnah says, right? But then the Hakafas is a deeper Simcha. What's the Bisfragen? Four days. The pictures. You like that. Okay. Is this something that happens in the Shogun year? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Oh, you mean the latest yeah. Hanashamas? Yeah. 
there's a certain oil that's every year. A certain oil. You have Nunashamas, of course. But there's a certain light that's there's a certain Indian of a, a certain birth in the Nisham every year. You know, like a birthday, so to speak. It's brought that a birthday is like a mini Rosh Hashanah. Every person's Yamaladis is like their own Rosh Hashanah. Mazali, the Yerushalmi brings on your birthday, your mazal is goiver, like a special, uh, so to speak, you're like recreated again. It's brought that it's the four days, the Baal Shem Tov used to call the day after Yom Kippur, Gatznamen. You ever heard? Yeah. Gatznamen. Why? Because Yom Kippur is Lifnei Hashem Titaru. It's beyond Yud Vofke. And the four days after Yom Kippur is Yud Vofke. You go back to Hashem's name. So the day after Yom Kippur he called Gatznamen Hashem's name. Because Yom Kippur is higher than Gatznamen. The Buchacherov brings this. You know, there's a Buchacher, uh, by Worfman. He had a Zayda. Named the Eshel of Rome. He was uh, very well known, Buchacherov. Buchacherov brings that uh, in Eshel of Rome that uh, the Balshamtiv called it Gatznomen because Yom Kippur is beyond Shemavaya. After Yom Kippur, you go into the name. So those are the four days of Yutke Vovke. The Achana to the next stage of the relationship. So every year, essentially, there is a reinvigoration of the vows of the relationship between the Neshama and its source. And that's the system of the Yom Tov. And then comes Shri Shal Pesach, when the Yam splits. What is the Yam? The Yam is Malchus. The Yam is the cosmic womb that conceals all of the Isis, Yehi or Yehi Rakiya inside of it. It splits, and the Neshama emerges. As he said, the Neshama originates in Ayin. It goes through nine months of development in order for it to be able to become a Yesh. And then when the womb opens up, the neshama comes out and emerges into, into the world. Because from the tip itself, you would never be able to have a child. It, has to, it needs the seven months or the nine months. Same is true, the neshama itself is too divine to be able to have identity. It has to go through the whole transformation during pregnancy, which represents the time from Shmini Atzeres till Shvi Yishal Pesach. So he says, Vihine. You see, Lakuta Torah, Parshas Tzav, it says on the top, Parshas Tzav. Lakuta Torah, page 32. So, it's like 10, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 11 lines from the bottom, the line starts, El Yoinim. Vihine, Bezayin shall Pesach, who laid us on the Shamas. On Shri shall Pesach, then the Shamas are born. Va'inyin. For the womb to open up and the baby to be born, and in our case, it's a marshal, for the neshama to come out from a state of concealment to a state of revelation, malchus needs to have a flow, a kayach, a ray. That's even beyond Hishtashlus. Beyond the regular energy that evolves from Madrega to Madrega until it goes to Malchus. Malchus needs a boost. It needs a oir. It needs a chiyus, a chizuk from something that's completely beyond. In Parshas B'Shalach, which we read on Shri Yishal Pesach, the sea didn't just split. It says Hashem led the sea, Beruach Kadem Aza, with an eastern wind, 
that was very intense, it was very powerful, Azam. Kol alayla, whole night. And then in the morning, Lefnois Boyka, before dawn, Vayiboko Amayim, the water splits. What is this Ruach Kadem Azam? If he wants to split the water, he could split the water. Al Piteva, even with a strong wind, it wouldn't be a Kriyas Yamsuf. Maybe you can have a, a split, for, for a little split, but to have Kriyas Yamsuf, that the water should, should part and become a wall, and remain there till all the Jews go through. It's not alpine, it's not alpitev, it's a ness. So what's the point that a whole night there had to be a strong wind? Alpip shot, it could be. So the Egyptians should be fooled. They should think that the Yamsuf is basically a natural phenomenon, and therefore they can jump in because it's going to stay that way. But Lecha'ira, on a deeper level, it would seem that it wasn't essential to the whole ness of Kriya Yamsuf. You want to split the water? Split the water. I mean, what's the wind going to help you? Because the truth is, there's a deeper explanation. What's the word? Ki alpi ishtalshalos, misseichel amidus, ad b'machshava l'dibur, i'efshaliyas amshacha mebchines ha'ayin mebchines ha'yash. If you follow the regular structure of evolution, you'll go from seichel, from cognition, to emotions. From emotions to thoughts. From thoughts to words. You will not have the transformation from ayin to yesh. That is a quantum leap. That leap is an infinite leap. Eli de Gili Ha'adas Hasoivev, Shemakif, La'atzilas Briya Yitzira Asiya, Shekulam Shavim Kameh. In order to be able to make that jump from Ayin Tiyesh, you need to have a Koyach that comes from Soivev, from the light that encompasses all of the worlds, Atzilas and Briya Yitzira Asiya, which all of the Madregas are identical Agabi Him. And therefore, mitzad him, mitzad that pchin of soiviv, mitzad that level of soiviv, there can be the transformation from ayin to yesh. V'zeo shekos of ruach kodem. That's why it's called a ruach kodem. A wind from kodem. A primordial wind. Kadmain. A primordial. In other words, a wind, an energy that comes beyond all of the worlds. Because if you go to the structure of Atzilus B'riyat Sirasi, you would never gradually be able to make this leap. There's too much of a missing link between the ayin and the yesh. It can't be gradual. You have to have a ruach that comes from beyond the shtashalus. Only this way can the yam split. The yam that covers up only covers up on the levels of ishtashalus, meaning the evolutionary energy. When you have the Ha'ara beyond the Shtanshalus, so now water is transformed into dry land. The Yam is not anymore a cover-up. Even the Yam could become Yabasha. It doesn't have to remain concealed. Moshe is screaming to Hashem by the Yam. So if Hashem says, What are you screaming? Tell the Jews to go. So the Zoyar says, This experience of Kriyas Yamsov depends on what the Zoyar calls Atik, which means the ancient one. Also comes from the word Netak, which means removed. Netak, Nivdol, removed. Netak. Only from there can there be a Koyach for there to be birth. The birth of the neshama, the birth of the child, 
the splitting of the Yamsov, here there has to be a whole new Koyach that allows there to be leaders at leaders on the Shams. And mitzad that Koyach, the Yam can open up, the Yam can split. What is the Havana here? You'll take in a person, for example. Taking a person. A person has many dimensions to himself. And things evolve. You have a dream, and the dream develops. You have an emotion, you have a feeling, you have an idea, and you get excited about the idea. And you think about it, and you talk about it, and you experience all different strategies and plans, but it's all in you. Then comes the final stage, which is the stage of Misa, the stage of action, of implementation. And you see that there is a big gap between all the previous stages and my... So you have people that they plan unbelievable things, but it always remains in the world of planning. The ability to bring it out into the world of action is a special chush, it's a special skill. Because in action, actually you have to step out of yourself and go into a real world which is outside of you. Until it reaches the world of Maisa. It's all part of your imagination. Even if you're talking about it and writing about it and communicating about it and sharing it, but it's all inside of you. Misa, action, is doing something which by definition is with somebody or with something that's outside of you. It creates a dent in the world outside of your own identity. And sometimes that transition is a very difficult one for people. They'll keep it inside, but they will not know how to do Misa. Like the Medrash, the, the, the Mishnah says in Perkyovus, Loi HaMedrash, the Perik Aleph, Loi HaMedrash, Iker, Ela HaMaisa. Not the Medrash, meaning the learning and the expounding, but actually the action, the Maisa Bapaya. You know, that bottom line is, let's say it's something difficult. You'll think about it, but then to do it, you know, just do it. Do it. No, no. Here, all the fear comes out before Maisa. Till Maisa, there'll be much less fear. Because it's all in yourself. But when you have to do it, here you're going to have the greatest resistance. Think about something in your life that's difficult for you and you're fearful for. Yeah, You plan, you plan, you plan, you'll make the telephone, you'll do that. But then Misa, oh, I can't do it. The last minute. Why? Because that's very real. And it's not, you don't have control over it anymore. Once it's the world of Misa, it's actually outside of you. So to speak, you lose control of it. But this is where things really happen. On a deeper level, he's saying, it goes deeper. This whole world, the world of Yesh, doesn't begin as a physical world. It begins as a spiritual world. Everything in this world begins in God's mind, so to speak. Or in the Lashon of Chassidus, in the spheres, in the Olamas. Water, tables, molecules, atoms, DNA, 
anything in this world, anything in the physical world, doesn't begin here. It begins spiritually. It's a thought. It's an energy. Water represents something. Fire represents something. Snow represents something. Clouds represent something. The sun, the moon, stars, galaxies, they represent something. Earth, every every grass, every flower, every plant, every animal, it has an energy. And the energy begins in the spiritual worlds, but it evolves. And in each world it evolves lower and lower and lower until it becomes a yesh. It takes on the physical identity. So his chiddush here is, all the madregas, till you reach the yesh, are all gradual. But the leap from the ruchnias to the gashmias, this is an infinite leap. The leap from spirit to physicality, for this you need the infinity of God. Now this is a big chiddush in Ashkafa. Why? B'chalal, conventional wisdom is that the curse of Olam Haza is the yeshes of Olam Haza, the ego of Olam Haza, the Gashmius of Olam Haza. Lenny, how are you educated? How do you have to look at Gashmius? How do you have to look at your body? How do you have to look at physicality? What did they tell you? Well, you suppress your urges. No? You suppress your urges, Right. All the physical urges have to be suppressed. Why? They're all products of the Yetzirah, which is a product of the physical Olam Hagashmi, which conceals the truth. And therefore, the main thing is Olam Haba. Olam Haba is Nenem Over there, it's a world of spirit. There's no guf. The guf is a problem. Elamai, it's part of the Nisoya that God makes in this world for you to be able to flex your muscles and be Zechmizgaber and reach your Shleimus. But conventional spiritual wisdom, I mean, conventional, I don't mean conventional, stam conventional, conventional I mean G'dayli Yisrael. Convent, real conventional wisdom is the curse of this world is the yesh of the world, the ego of the world, the bruteness of the world, the materialism of the world, the fact that we don't see anything, we see only physicality, you don't see godliness. Comes the Balatanya and he says it's really the other way around. The allow, what allows the transformation from ayin to yesh is soiv of kalam. In other words, all the oilamas haruchnim, they all evolve gradually. What do we mean they evolve gradually from one madrega to another madrega? Like seichel to midis, midis machshava, machshava to dibur. And in seichel itself, chachma, bina, das, midis, everything evolves. But the leap to the world of Yesh, from the world of Ayin, this can't be gradual anymore. Why? Because this is an infinite gap between the world of Ruchnius and the world of Gashmius. The whole infinite gap. What happens in the world of Gashmius? The world of Gashmius is, you're not going to recognize anymore the source. In Ruchnius, as low, 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 you still identify. That's why when you're, you still identify the source. That's why in yourself, you can bring things lower and lower, but till you do it. Once you do it, now it takes over. It has its own authority, its own force. Maisa has its own kayach. So therefore, as the worlds evolve till this world, everything is gradual. It's all memale kalalmen. The world that descends lower and lower and lower. In order to create the yesh, to create the ayin yesh, or in the lotion of this maimah, to split the sea. What's pshat to split the sea? to open the womb and have the baby come out, and it becomes a yesh in the womb, in the womb. That's why labor, uh, birth is, is one of the most, uh, this is the idea behind postpartum. What's, uh, scientists still don't know what causes exactly postpartum depression. 
when there's a birth, it's the greatest gili in the world. It's the gili of Saif of Kalaman, of Ein Saif. Why? Because birth, till birth, uba yerech imai. The child is an extension of the mother. What is birth? Birth is the birth of the yesh. You become completely independent, not completely, but you become an independent person. It's your own life. This is your own life. That's why we value a birthday. Why do we value a birthday? L'chayr in the womb, it's much better. Malam kula, you learn the whole Torah, you don't have to worry, there's no stress in the womb. The Gemara says it's the best time of life when you're in the womb of the mother. The Gemara says in Nida, it's the best. Ein l'chayamim sheshari b'tayva, like those days. The best days. There's only one thing. In the womb of your mother, there's no you. You're part of somebody else. There's no you. You're living off somebody else. Some people remain their whole life in the womb. Some people remain their whole life in the womb. Yeah, yeah, they want to be in the womb. They dafka want to be in the womb. The more they can be in the womb, the better. But that's not the purpose of creation. Some people have a philosophy that the safer you are, the better off you are. The more you could stay married and live off other people, physically, emotionally, spiritually, the better off you are. And some people at the age of 50, 60, 70 still have that philosophy. And they, they were never born. They were really never born. They don't realize life is about self-development. That's what God wants. He wants you. He, doesn't want, he wants you. That's the whole Nekuda. That, that transition from a state... It's much kashmaker to be part of something bigger. But birth means I want you to become you. It's very traumatic. It's extremely traumatic for an Hashama. From Ayin, it becomes a Yesh. The Balatanya says that's why Jews have two names. Shvatim, and there's another name for Shvatim. Matos. By Daber Moshe al-Roshe, Hamatos. What's the difference of a Shevet and a Mata? Do you know the difference? Shevet is a scepter, right? A Shevet, a whip. Mata is a stick. Both the same thing. Why are Jews called Shvatim? Because our father was Yaakov, he's the tree. And we have 12 branches that come from the tree. But there's a difference between a shevet and a mat. A shevet is when the branch is still a branch. It's attached. It's attached. So it's soft, softer. It has vitality. It has moist. It's attached to the tree. What's a mata stick? It's detached. So it's hard. It's lifeless. It's cold. It's numb and it's frozen. That's why it can become a cane. A branch can't be a cane. It's too pliable. You're going to fall with a branch. You have to get a stick. A stick is firm and sturdy because it's detached. Right? So Jews have two names. The way the Nisham is in a state of Ayin, it's called a Shevet. It's attached to the tree. It gets its chiyus from the tree. It's part of the tree. The branch doesn't have its own identity. What's a Mata? A Mata is you're not part of the tree. I look at the stick. Who are you? I don't know. I'm trying to figure it out. The transformation from Shevet to Mata is one of the scariest transformations in life. Why? If you ask most people, would you like to be independent? They would say, of course. But really? I would argue that most people, at least many people, are frightened of being independent. Because you know what it means that you'd be independent? When you're independent, it means you can't blame anybody else for your problems. Imagine. Imagine. You can't blame your father. You can't blame the system. Imagine. From Jews shouldn't be able to blame the system. You can't blame the kehilla. You can't blame the rabbis. You can't blame the schools. You can't blame the communities. You can't even blame the rabbis. 
And you can't even blame smartphones. Can you imagine you have to take responsibility? Who wants to take responsibility? It's a Now my shvige, my shve, my father, my mother, my brother, my sister, koirach, doson, aviram, they all destroyed my life. Huh? Adam, chava, nochashakadmoini, the roshakol, the vad, the community, this community, the chedim, what they did to my father, my brother, my uncle, my elder zayde, bezivugrishim, whatever. All these people. When you become independent, what does it mean to become independent? Independence is a price. Price is... The buck stops here. What are you blaming? You're responsible for your life. For this you have to become a matter. It's scary. It's very scary. It's a transformation. It's a leap. But this leap turns you into a matter. Why? So al this, this comes from Soiv of Kalam. Meaning, when the world's gradually evolved, they'll never make that leap from Ruchnius to Gashmis. They will always remain the divine. The leap to Gashmir where the world says, I don't have a God. I don't know who God is. I am I. That's what this world says. I am I. I don't need a justification. Speak to a rock and say, who created you? He says, me, I was always here. You have to start proving and being my chich, but the hergish, the instinctive feeling of this world is, I was always here. I'm here. I don't need anybody to justify me. In Ruchnis, that doesn't exist. All of Ruchnis is based on the fact that it looks for justification. It needs attachment. That's what it is. I am a reflection. Gashmi says, I am I. Now, the sense of I am I, does this work with Judaism? Or is this the greatest enemy of Judaism? I am I. I'm not a reflection. I'm not part of the Kehillah. I am not part of anything. I am I. That's Yesh. Bashkafer is It's the worst thing. It's the greatest enemy to Judaism. All of Judaism is what? Bitulayesh. Ayin. Ayin. You're, you're an Eved Hashem. And that's true. But this Maim is saying a big Chiddush. That the splitting of the Yamsuf, which makes the Neshama Yesh, comes from a Ruach Kodim Aza Kol Halayla. It comes from the Eure Leki that's higher than Atzilis Bri Yitzir It comes from Saiv of Kalaman. Why? Because since he's not defined by anything, he's not even defined by ayin. So therefore, he could also morph into a yesh. In other words, in that oir, atzilis and asiyah, even though they're opposites, akula b'shava. Because it completely transcends both of them. So therefore, this is not a greater emes than this, and the other one, the yesh, is not a greater sheker than the ayin. The yam is not master legabi that p'china. To explain it more in terms of avoid, the one application of this is, Imagine, uh, you, can, you have two types of leaders, or two types of teachers, two types of parents, two types of educators. You see it constantly. One of them wants to create students or children or followers, but there's always a condition. The condition is, I want you to always remain dependent on me. You should always have to come back to the nest, always. Know that your food is here. That's the acre. That's one type of leader. Another type of lead, another type of parent is fakert. I want you to become completely independent, where you maybe become even more powerful than me. Where your achievements become those that they, they belong to you, you own them. I don't have to own you anymore. Where is there more attachment? <laughs> in the first one or in the second one? At first glance, you would think in the first one there's much more attachment. You keep them close. The truth is it's not that way. 
in the second one there's much more attachment. Why? Because in the second one, you believe in the person. You empower the person. You're connected to them even in their independence. In the first level, if you become independent, oh, I lost control of you. In the second level, you don't understand. I don't have to be in you by you being bottled to me. I could be in you by you being not bottled to me. In other words, my I is not only found in my eye. My eye could be found also where my eye is not found. When you have a real existence, that existence can be expressed not only when it's expressed, but also when it's not expressed. Anybody knows what I'm talking about? When you have a real existence, that existence remains as powerful when it's expressed, and the same powerful even more when it's not being expressed. If my existence is shallow or weak, so then I need it always to be expressed. It's like a yid came to the Tzemach Tzedek and he said, everybody in shul steps on me. Everyone steps on me. He said, Avada, du umetum, is tret You spread yourself everywhere in the shul, so wherever anybody steps, it's in you. You know, some people come in, there's a conversation between two people in the corner, and he's convinced they're talking about him. They're plotting something against him. Somebody once said, just because I'm paranoid, it doesn't mean the whole world is not against me. <laughs> I'm taka paranoid, but the whole world is against me. Why is that? If I have no existence anywhere, then I have to exist everywhere. If I don't feel solid existence, then I can't let you exist. Because any existence contradicts me. People who don't have a real existence cannot deal with boundaries. Why can't they deal with boundaries? Because all boundaries for them is a form of suicide. Because if I don't exist here, so then wherever there's existence, I need to, I need to leech onto it. I need to become a parasite. So when I see people are independent, it drives me crazy. It makes me jealous. It makes me angry. There are psychiatric conditions that are based on this idea. But it's a very, very serious concept. It's the concept that I cannot allow for anything to be outside of me. Why? Because I have no place that I call my own. Because I have no place that I call my own, I have to call every place my own. Because I am nowhere, I have to be everywhere. But if you have a place that you are, then you're there. Laws, you're here. You're there. So boundaries come from the fact that I can appreciate that there's something outside of me. Why can I appreciate something outside of me? Because I don't have to be infinite. Why don't I have to be infinite? Because I truly exist. But the Chiddush here is now in Hashem, the Ein Saif. Where is the Ein Saif expressed more? In the Ayin or in the Yesh? So that's why he's Mechadish here, that the Ein Saif is expressed more in the Yesh. Why? In the Ayin, the Ein Saif is expressed through expression. In the Yesh, the Ein Saif is expressed through non-expression. It's allowing the world, so to speak, to be. It's allowing the student to grow. It's allowing your child to fly away from the nest and standing on the side and smiling with deep gratification, knowing that you allowed the person to be so powerful that they could become completely independent and that independence is also credit to you. Even though it means that it's not credit to you. They're really, really independent. You could find yourself in somebody's independence and enjoy it as much as you enjoy their dependence and really even more than their dependence. It's a whole different p'china. So what do they say? They say, some people, small people, create, 
create uh, slaves. They create slaves. And fine people create students and followers. And great people create leaders. Real leaders don't create students. Real leaders create other leaders. Always. They create people who become like them. Just like their leaders, they also become leaders. When I really get you, if I really got you, if you really got me, then become a leader. Don't be a student. If you remain a student, then you didn't get me. You got a certain energy of me, but you remain connected. Because you didn't get me. If you get me, you have really me, so now you can become your own leader. Because you have the essence, you have the essence of the teacher. When you have the essence, you don't have to come back. Because you got it. When you have only a reflection, you have to keep on coming back. The ray of the sun has to always go back to the sun. You put down the Venetian blinds, there's nothing left. The sun doesn't need Venetian blinds. When you have the oil, you always have to remain connected. When you have the etzem, you can go anywhere, because you got it. You got it. When you really got it, you can become detached. So the yesh really comes from a deeper place. At the surface, it's much lower. It's yesh, it's not ayin. On a deeper level, the yesh comes from ruach kadam, it comes from soivah. It's the pchin of real infinity that allows the transformation from ayin to yesh. The transformation of the neshama from nothing to something. So kriyas yamsuf comes from ruach kadam azakol alayla, ba'atik Of course, the yesh is also vulnerable to corruption. Of course, no question. When you become independent, you can also go different ways. That's the price of independence. There's no question. That's why we like people who are dependent. You know, we could control them. We like the joystick. But real growth happens in the mata, not in the shevet. The neshama before the birth is a shevet. When the womb opens up and it comes out from the yam, it becomes a yesh from ayin, it becomes a mata. Mata is detached, but it's much stronger. Nothing will destroy it. Why will nothing destroy it? Because it's real, it's authentic. That's why in Chinuch, there's a time that you want your children to be dependent on you, but there's a time that ultimately you have to let them fly. You have to tell them it's your wings and it's time to leave. Why? Because if not, you create mediocre people. You create very small people. You create dependent people. In order to create mata sticks, there's an element where I empower you. And then you have to make your decision. You have to find it within yourself. I can't tell you what to do anymore. I can't tell you what to do. So, Sahakul, the reason why, why being the Yesh is, uh, is a stronger, yeah. from a stronger source is because they're getting, because the person is being trying to connect from their own without being connected by their self. Right? The, the question is, what is if somebody does not Go in that direction. So, in other words, he loses his source. Hmm. No, you have to find that within the yesh. And but the, the vart is that the yam the yam is there's two in yonim. Number one, in order to make that leap, where there doesn't have to be gili elikos, there could be a helam of elikos that has to come from a deeper element in ain't soif. The ability for Hashem to say, "I'm found in not me," just like I'm found in me comes from a deeper place in Ein Saif. You hear that? To be able to say, I'm found in Nishzich, just like me, it comes from a deeper place in you. Just like psychologically, it comes from much more confidence, much more confidence to be able to find yourself where you're not than to find yourself where you are. Silence always expresses 
much more than speaking, right? You know what I mean? You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes what you don't say is always much deeper than what you say. On the other hand, the person listening to silence, he doesn't know it. He thinks you're silent because you have nothing to say. <laughs> That's how we look at the yesh. We look at the yesh and we say, oh, God has nothing to say. When really the silence is expressing much more than the, than the, than the, than the absence of silence. That's number one. Yeah. Number two, because of that, the yesh is not mailam lagabasaivav. The yam could be abasha. The yam can open up. If I say the yam can open up, even the place of the yam, it could be hafachyam liabasha. It could be the gili and the yesh also. It's not mailam. It's atakas dekeinian. It's nishta zayposh. Question if you can lose on the deal. This is grace chidushim in in chidus. Ah. Question if you can lose on the deal. Of course, when you become a stick, it's not a shevet anymore. You want to be a branch. Who doesn't want to be a branch? It's Geschmack to be a branch. Yeah, so they might be right. Huh? So they might be right. When are the Eden called Rosh Hamatas? When? Which Parsha? What's the Parsha talking about? Nedarim. Hafodas Nedarim. Right? Hafodas Nedarim. The Father. Why? What's a Neder? A Neder means, yeah, I'm addicted to sugar. So I make a nether, I'm not eating sugar anymore. In other words, the sugar controls me. What's hataras nadarim? Hataras nadarim means you're an independent person. Nothing controls you. So therefore you don't have to detach from anything. You have to run away from things when you're a dependent person. So you're not healthy. So you need a nether. Roshe hamatois is hataras nadarim. Because you're in a different state. And you have to know where you are in life. Is it scary? Of course it's scary. It's scary to go on this... Uh, uh, Train a bicycle without training wheels. You go on a bike without training wheels? Okay. What? You go on a bike without training wheels? Okay. No, when you go on training wheels, you're not going to fall. You take off the training wheels. What happens the first time? Boom! You got a clop. It's easier if, if your mother would hold your hand, you'll never fall, you'll never have a black and blue mark. The problem is, if your mother holds your hand, you never learn how to walk. So a lot of people are that way. They don't learn how to walk. And they think the greatest achievement in life is to scam out another dollar from somebody so they could be dependent for another 20 years. It's like a philosophy by some people. They don't realize that they're jipping themselves off from themselves. They're not learning to live. I'm not talking about finance. I'm talking about the It's Ashkafas Oilam. Ashkafas Oilam, just be dependent. Especially if you're a Rebbe She'enikol, you're not allowed to be independent. And that's mamish, a psychological disaster for people. They deprive themselves from any creativity. Because to be creative, you have to try things. To try things, you have to get a little dirty, right? Then you have to fail. And if you're at Ebershain, you're perfect. You're not allowed to fail. So you, you put yourself in this mode where you're never allowed to fail. That means you can never succeed. You can never succeed. If you can't fail, you can't succeed because you're not trying anything new. I don't mean that. I'm just giving an example. Certain people, they have this philosophy and they're 45 years old and you look at them, or 55 or 65, so Rachmanus, person never turned, never made anything from himself. Nothing, no area. Not spiritually, not emotionally, not mentally, not financially, not psychologically, not physically. Mamish, nada, garnished. All living off the fat of the milk and the honey till it dries up. And he thinks that that's Kiddusha, that that's holy. Like, that's what God wants. He doesn't even have an identity because he has a rubbish and ain't a call. That's another issue. That's another issue. Now, I have nothing against Eneklach. We're all Eneklach from Greuze Rebbes, Avraham, Yitzhak, Yaakov, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, Leia, Adam, and Chava. They were all big Rebbes. But the point is, 
the point is, you got to, uh, you got to, Ayid once told me, Abel's a chassid. He was an Ayid from Britain. So he was one of those people, when you meet them, they tell you that they're Einikul from the Dabshitz and the Tzanz and the Babiv and the Yismach Moshe and the Balshem and the Baditshim and the Ebrebzishim and the Ebrebzishim. They're like Einiklach, you know, from like half the world, you know what I mean? From all the big Rebbes. So you know, he once went into the Lubavitcher Rebbe and he started right away, he went in, you know who I am, and he started to go over the Dabshitz, the Heilekadis, the Heilekadis, the Heilekadis, the Heilekadis. So he says that all the Rebbes he ever went to, he always did, and everybody said, yeah, 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 pss, pss. So he says, the Rebbe to Isaac and he said, his name was Reb Herzke, he says, Reb Herzke, Yichis, Yichis is a great success. A great success. A great success. A great It's a big success, but it's more important is that it's a responsibility. That was it. There's an old word they say from the Tzanzerov, the Heilige Divrechayim, that he said that Yichis is like zeros after a number. You have a one, and you have many zeros. So if you don't have a one, if the first digit is a zero, you can have 18 zeros, so that the Garnish Tauf, and you're going to remain a zero. If you have a one, you have a two, you have a three, you have a four. Adarabav, Adarabav. Okay, but the message is clear. The transformation into yesh here is either physical yesh is already a gavaldik chiddush. This is the chiddush of Kriyas Yamsuk, the splitting of the sea. If it works for that third person, what's the problem? If what? If it works for that sixty-five-year-old, it doesn't work for anybody. Doesn't work. It's not true. He's taught that it should work. You look. He's a schmuck. And happy and really? Like, you met that? You met such people? Are they successful? <laughs> the question is what the Neshama came down to the world for. Oh, very good. Hypothetically. Everything is hypothetical. It's, it's a stira it's a stira to the Teva HaNefesh. It's a contradiction. Some people are like fully independent. He's a Be'uba, he's, he's pregnant, he's still pregnant. What's the name for Gehenim and Tanakh, Lenny, you remember? No, You're the only one here who reads the Bible, so maybe you would know. Sha'ol. Why is it called Sha'ol? The word Sha'ol comes from the word Sha'ol. To live in hell means to live a borrowed life. Sha'ol means borrowed. That's what the de- real definition of hell is. It's not the fires that they told you about in school. You're going to burn like a hot dog in a barbecue, like the carbon Pesach in, in a barbecue oven with, with murder and matzah and satayt sauce. And if God is in a good mood, he'll put barbecue sauce also on you. <laughs> the definition of hell means you're living a borrowed life. Sha'ol. You're Sha'ol. You're living a borrowed life. You're not living your life. You're living a borrowed life. That's what hell is. And it expresses itself in endless ways. But I'm living a borrowed life. I do not live my life. Either I'm living to be yaitza to you, to get your validation, to get your approval, to avoid your criticism, because I'm a... Whatever it is. Kol from And what's the next word after Sha'oil? Tachtas. Why are you living a borrowed life? Because you feel that you're always on the bottom. When you feel you're always in the bottom, of course you have to live a borrowed life. That's the only way you can get to the top. 
How am I going to get to the top if I don't live a borrowed life? I'm on the bottom. I'm always in the abyss. You don't recognize who you are. That's what we spoke last night about Nirza. The most important part of the Seder is Nirza. You heard the vart yesterday I said about Nirza? You were there? I was online. Ah. YouTube. Out. <laughs> we're not allowed to dab him with you. We're not allowed to dab him with you. Don't fire it again. Huh? I was online yesterday, also YouTube, and I drove through. Somebody stopped me. I need to miss. And you what? Somebody else in the car. I got the stopped. police. Not a police. Other kind of police. Uh huh. And you were thrown out of Klai That's why you're here today. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. There's no fire in the <laughs> Gehenim is Ruchniyazdik. It's all Ruchniyaz. How could there be a fire or snow in Ruchniyaz? It's all ideas. The first prerequisite before you read any of these Svarim is, yeah, that everything is metaphor. Everything. Habal Shem, the Tzamach Tzedek writes, Habal Shem Tevhizir, Shaloi Lil Metzifri HaKabolah, most people don't know how to strip Kabbalah from physical. You know, it's like a, you t- bring a horse into an opera. That's what, exactly what it looks like. In Dvinsk, the Watura Bonim, the Rakachavar, and the Meir Simcha. Two Mamish Sarei Hatayre, and the Meir Simcha, the Eir Sameach, the Meir Simcha, and the Rakachavar, and the Yosef Raz, and Sarah Tayre. They were very different. Dari Sameach was a personality, he was very well known. Rikachava was a Bisla Vilder, he was sharp, and he wasn't, he was very social with everybody, he, he behaved differently. Rikachava was very small, he was short and skinny. Dari Sameach was more uh, robust. robust. He was the love of the Ashkenazim, and he was the love of the Chesidim. He was the love of the so called Mesnagda Shakil, and he was the Chesidim Shakil in Dvins, in Latvia. So there was once an argument in shul. Vet is gresser. You know how it is. You know people they love arguing. Jews, who's bigger? The Rakhachava, the Ersameich. So of course it's a huge fight. This one is saying the Ersameich once said about the Rakhachava. They said he has a phenomenal memory. The Ersameich says it's not true. He doesn't have a phenomenal memory. He says a memory means something that you learned a while ago and you have to remember. He says the Rakhachava, the whole toy is open in front of him. It's not a memory. He doesn't have to remember anything. He sees it. It's not memory. So they were arguing, who's bigger, him or him? Two hours of the baking show, everyone is bringing proofs. There was a little kid there. The little kid started to laugh. They said, kind, what's lachstu? So he says, I'm looking how idiots, tipshim, adults can be. How stupid can adults be? They say, what's so stupid about this argument? He says, It's a question who's fatter, who's bigger than a kachava or Come on! We all know who's bigger. What was? How can you be so idiotic? They said, "Kind, kind." We don't mean gresser physically. We mean gresser intellectually, spiritually. He said, "Now you're saying pshatlach. <laughs> now it's pshatlach. Gresser means gresser. Gresser means gresser. You're saying pshatlach. You understand? You understand? People think that in my shirim I say pshatlach." 
Since I say that fire and snow doesn't mean that there's a barbecue oven where God is going to throw your soul into. And it doesn't even make sense because on the Shammahs or Ruchnis, who's not even Shayich, the Agashmias. This is Pshetlach. It says Eish. It says Shelek. That's Mamish. Like with him. Pshetlach. It's a Pshetlach. When you're dealing with spiritual stuff, you have to be sensitive to spiritual reality. Yeah, you're dealing with spiritual energy. You can't, you can't be like a bull in a china shop or a horse in an opera. You have to be sensitive to Yonim Ruchnim here. You speak about Ganadin, you speak about Gehenna, you speak about Neshamas, you speak about a Lakus. Yeah, the whole Kabbalah was written in code language. You don't know that? The whole Kabbalah was written. And you know what they write about God? Should I start telling you? The reason why they say Yeah, these all described everything by Hashem as intimacy between a man and a woman. So how does that work exactly? Over there, not, suddenly it's not Kipshuta. Right? Everything is Chibur, Zov and Nukva. Tchar and Nukva. Zivuk. Mayanukvin. What's Mayanukvin? We keep on learning. What's Mayanukvin? You know what Mayanukvin is? You know what Mayanukvin is? It's not so nice when you speak about it physically. I mean, it's, not, it's nice. It's just a very different reality. But suddenly there, it doesn't mean Mayan Dukhr. It doesn't mean that God has the same tippa that men have that you speak about in Yeshiva, yeah? Over there, suddenly everybody understands. Oh, of course not. Right? It's a marshal. The truth is, the truth is, I'm explaining to you even deeper. The truth is, it is the same Indian. Because in the world of real chassidus, Gashmias is not evil. The tippa. It's not a bad thing. Fakert, it comes from Ruchnius. It could be distorted, but it, it's really an union of Elikus. But everybody understands that Elikus is it's in the Mokr and Shairish. The same is true with everything. You have to have context. You have to have con- If you don't have context, it's not understood. So anyway, so that's what Sha'il Tachtis is. Real Sha'il means when it's a borrowed life. And you know what? When it's a borrowed life, it burns. <laughs> it burns. But let me tell you, a spiritual fire is actually more painful. Remember that. It could be more painful. Not to undermine a physical fire, chas v'shalom. But in terms of therapy, of cleansing, fire as cleansing, it's very, very deep. It's very intense. When a person realizes that they lived a borrowed life, their whole life was borrowed from somebody else, and then they have to face who they really were and who they became, you know what happens? That's called, that's not a comfortable situation. When I have to face who I am and who I thought I am or who I was copying, it's a very difficult challenge. And I have to work that through. That's the martyr. I have to work it through in order to be able to cleanse myself from it. So this is the transformation of Kriya Siyams, of the transformation from the Ayin, from the Ayin to the Yesh. Okay, I just want to mamish another three, four minutes, finished a few lines here from the Maimon, because, because uh, this is our last year before Yom Tif, but it'll be very swift. I'm just going to go through it. The Maimon started on the post, you remember, Hayom Rav Ayonis, Haharim Raktu Chelem. So he says, Azay. Vihine, you'll understand it. Vihine begili ha'arazu aze haharim Raktu. When the Yamsuf splits, the mountains dance. Harim heim chesed gvura tiferes. Mountains represent these three mitzvahs. Gvoyas are lower mountains. Mounds. There's harim and was heim chesed gvura tiferes debriya. So that's the next world. Oi netzachoy disoy datzilus. The liyos shem lamaylam abchinas yamshu at simtsum kanal. So here is what happens. 
because they're higher than Yam, the Yam is Malchus, which is Tzimtzum. And the Harim are beyond it. L'chein rakdu ke'elem. So when there's Kriyas Yamsov, what happens to them? They start dancing like rams. Shebegili, Eid HaSoivev, Nichlulu, Kedbitl, Nebifnei Avukam. When Eid HaSoivev gets revealed, so they become submerged like the flame in the torch. V'hainu Sha'eid is the Tikkun HaMalubashem Bekeilim, Nistalkum in HaKeilim, V'nichlul Ba'erza HaMakif. When Kriyas Yamsov happens, which is the Eid HaSoivev, so all the Eidas of Tikkun became subsumed in the big fire of Soiviv. That's Iraktu Chelem. When you dance, you lift yourself up and you melt away in the dance. Real dance is losing self-consciousness. You hear? What does it mean to really dance? You're not self-conscious. People who dance, it's a whole mice. It's not. Dancing means mefalertzich. You lose yourself. Iraktu. You leap. So he says, that's what happened. Even though every Shabbos, all the Olamas go up. Bria goes to Atzillus. Everything goes up. Shabbos is called going, not dancing. What's between walking and dancing? Whenever you walk, you pick up a foot, then you lower a foot. You pick what's well, not dancing. In dancing, it's aliyah shaloi bahadraga. You leap out of your matzah. When a person is really dancing, they tear themselves away from their earthly terrain, and they're trying, so to speak, to kiss heaven. Real dancing is a leap. So he says, Shabbos is hiluch. The aliyah go up. Why? Because there's the gili of soiviv. And in soiviv, you go completely beyond your madregas. Ke'elim, why like rams? She'ein behem das. Dancing like rams. You ever see how rams jump and dance? They don't have das. Das is awareness, which comes from a male. When you have kriyas yamsuf, which is soiviv, you dance like a ram. L'mayla menadas. In other words, the complete loss of self-consciousness. That's the mountains. Because that's Chesed, Gura, Teferis. What about the Yam? The Yam is the end. It's the concealment. When the Yam saw Soiviv, he couldn't be included in Soiviv. He is the concealment. What the Yam does is, the Yam runs away, he splits. In other words, the concealment gets removed. While that Echmashal Ba'adam, like by a person. A person is thinking and speaking and speaking and speaking. Suddenly, you have an, a major idea, a light, a, what they call a light bulb moment, an epiphany. It comes into you and you're quiet. Why are you quiet? Because you can't contain it. It's too powerful. So he says, the harim, they become subsumed in soiviv rakduchelem. The yam, hayom rav vayonis. The yam is the concealment. The concealment itself is bottles of vayonis. Runs away. It's quiet. Moshe says, I can't talk. Shmoinesra has to be silent. Why? A whole davening is loud. Why Shmoinesra is silent? You should be more excited by Shmoinesra. The pshat is, the reason Moshe couldn't talk. Talking is limiting the ideas in containers. When you have an overwhelming emotion or feeling that's transcendent, it's nisbat, nisbatl. You're like in awe. There's no words for it. You can't contain the energy. Moshe was in awe of infinity. 
So Moshe couldn't speak. Kfat Peh. Shmoyna Esra is somewhat of the gili of Saiv of his Bechashai. There's an element of silence. It doesn't go through that regular, it's too an intense gilui for you to be able to contain it. So what does the yam do? The yam is like bottle. It's like, oops. And the helm splits. There's no helm anymore. It doesn't filter it. Because of the mass who shakes up the earth, he takes a tzur and a chalamish, which basically are flintstones that have fire, and he turns them into water, meaning from gvura to chesed, because mitzat soiviv, gvura could become chesed. This is Pesach. What's Pesach? Hashem leaped. What's Pshari leaped? He danced. He danced. That's the leap. The Rikud. In other words, he was leaping without his Sarusadal Tati's leaping over the mountains. So it's the Gili of Kriyas Yamsov. Then starts, like we learned in the Maim Adam Kiyakriv, the 49 days, now is the arousal from below. It's not anymore the Gili from above. After the 49 days, then you can have real intimacy face to face, which is Matan Torah. Shabbos, we have the regular shiurim, including a Shabbos Agadol Drosha in the tent at 5.30 p.m. We will resume the shiurim the Monday after Pesach. Okay, Be'ezir Hashem, a good nyomtif to everybody, to you and your families. We didn't get back to the postpartum to explain it. It's the gay, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't know if it's going to help in practicality, but basically... Her birth is a gili of Ein Saif. Whenever there's a gili of Ein Saif, afterwards is a tremendous void. A halal, an emptiness. Is it like when somebody tells me that's the pen? It's even deeper than that. It's like the Chet Eagle after Matan Torah. There was such a void after Matan Torah. What now? So the mother feels so the mother, no, the mother feels with big oil left. Tremendous emptiness. Tremendous. Carrying a baby, the body's in a different pchin, and then giving birth, it's a whole different in It's painful, but it's uh, it's not something. It's not. It's not. It's science. They don't know what it is exactly. I know. I know. Okay. It's just sort of moving around. This, this is idea about moving away. Some sort of No, no, no. My question is, why wasn't that a regular way? How the tzaddikim gave it over? It was the regular way. The fee, everyone is like Gehenna fire. The Baba say it for a reason. The designers say it for a reason. They were taught that way, obviously. And I can understand that it was wrong, but why? Did, why was it? Why was it implemented in a wrong way? It had to be universal. Understand? It had to be established universal to talk about it in a superficial way. In order, it should become so so what normal. What should I answer? What's supposed to say? Hanasham is ruchni. In Elam Haba, there's no physicality. How can there be a fire? My question is not if that is true or not. My question is why isn't why wasn't 
Why was it a You want to know the real answer or the fake answer? The real answer. <laughs> fake answer. Can... The real answer is this. The generation after the Bansham Tov, there were big tzaddikim. The way they inspired people was not through explaining anything. It was just through their presence. When you saw them, you got inspired. And they felt that's how it's going to remain. A hundred years, they weren't mistaking. They were in that pchin of tremendous kedusha. They were there. They weren't faking. That was their avoda. A hundred and fifty years later, two hundred years later, three hundred years, there's nothing left of that. There's good people, but it's not that. It's not that. Okay, but all they have is that memory. So they could do one of two things. Either they make believe that the person today, the Rebbe today, is like the Rebbe of Melech, okay? Even though, you know, he is who he is, but he has to be, because somehow the neshama of his Eltazeda popped into him the day that uh, this Gabay or that Gabay appointed him to be Maran. That's one option. Another option is he becomes cynical, yeah? And the third option is you mean Edens and you just repeat the stuff and somehow you try to apply it. But it's not something off. Okay. That is also the reason why the minna wasn't. All these things, and all these things. You saw the batitsha, but you didn't need to discuss the money. You didn't need to discuss the money. And people you saw the chayza. And the people, the didn't, the and the people didn't live with chassidus. They also didn't talk about it that way. Why was this? It? Was a big machloek because the litvish said you bechal don't need inspiration. Okay, Who needs what? inspiration? Right, but they lived. They lived a, a life for a minute. How, they were how, how, Listen, What does it yidna, mean? Yidna 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 what happened? What happened in the last hundred years? Last hundred years happened two things. First of all, Eastern Europe was slaughtered, and God went into a major concealment. Has to upon him. Any intelligent so let's person. let's go to 120 years when the masculine were there. Also, but oh, so what happened was it's a new world. This is a modern world. It's a secular world. Even in Williamsburg, it's a modern world. Haskola made a happened, new world. That happened like 130 years. It ago? happened exactly when the Boshamtiv was born. Exactly those years, the late 1700s, middle 1700s. That's why we needed Chasidus. The Balatanya felt, he said very strongly, he always used to say this. He said, which was a shitta, that if you're not going to take Teres HaBashamtav and explain it in Oasis, there's going to be nothing left of it. So the question is why all the other Tzadikim, hundreds of them, it wasn't no, that, one, no one saw that as an important thing. If the void was you so obvious... You can ask me why did the Rambam decide that you have to make halach, and why did Rashi decide you have to make a pirush on, on no, Chumash? If the void was so no obvious... No, then it wasn't obvious. You had them telling you. You have so many Kedoshim and Tahoidim, that's how they were Ma'od and Yidin. That was it. You didn't need anything else. They said Ashtikul Tahoidah, and then they danced. And when did that change? When did that change? It went, it went, it went to the Bahadrug, or I had a lot of time? Meaning the Tzadikim that came here after the Muhammad, whoever it was, Besides for the Lubavitcher, why didn't they feel, why didn't they see that it's so important they, they have the to be- do it? They did the best they can. What yeah, but they, 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 they understood what I understand now. It's probably, How do you right? Know? I oh, assume so. They signed from the midst. So I'm talking if they, if they would. I once heard from the Rebbe, he said if the Chafetz Chaim was around today, he would say everybody should learn Chesedus. Even though he didn't. And then what? That's what he said. In the beginning, Bukharim didn't learn Chassidus, and then later, Bukharim started learning Chassidus. Every Rebbe that used to come to him, he had the same argument. But he, had that, uh, he had an argument with every Rebbe that came to him. The Belzer sat by him, he spoke this. The Racham Strifke came, the Toldus of Ram Yitzhak came, the Toldus Aaron Rebbe came to him, he sat with him for two hours, he said this. 
And they all said, Minik of Isaini Biadini. So he said, of him, he told them, of mit makeup is the chnushminig of a saina biyadena, or mit saitungen is nushminig of a saina biyadena, or mit computers is nushminig of a saina biyadena. If what's his minig? Norfar shlil is minig of a saina biyadena? Echmei norfar chiyuv is minig of a saina biyadena? I'm a gate nishmaisa for that. This was a big argument they had, there was no question. And that's why they all felt uncomfortable with him. Because he said that your shalashudas is not going to do it, you're going to lose. You're going to lose real people. Your shalashudas will not do it. That's why they weren't comfortable with them. When the skveda met the Vishnitsa, they take a picture, they say a word from the Heilekid Opshitsa, the Baimayim Chayim, and you go on. And you print it in a, in a, in a Machana Haredi. They came to the Rebbe, he said, You have to change your system, you have to change your curriculum. Well, let's put you the Babbage in the side. They for said a second, there's, there's, there's a way. It, was, it was ridiculous. So, so said, I don't need this Rebbe to tell me what so to do. Of all Gedoyim, no. No one. There, there wasn't even one. That did it. No, the question is, if it was so, if it's obvious now, it was at least, it was... It That's was. what the Mestan said about the Baal Shem Tev. They all said it. You have the Pnei Yeshua, you have the Noi De you have the Shai Gesaya, you have the Vilna Gon, yeah, you have everybody, and then Koptayid, the Baal Shem Tev, and he just thought he's changing Judaism. That's what they said. And all down together was follow him. <laughs> they thought the gods started on I mean, that, that's always a time. I mean, and there is all. Everyone this, you're right. There's people that Hashem sends to the world to change the world. It's hard for you to accept. No, This is the truth. Amen. I'm not chistarin anybody else. Other Rishonim, not Rashi. Rabbeinu Gershon didn't write a Piddush on Gemara, so he's nothing. Rabbeinu Gershon, Rabbeinu Gershon. Ben Chanalo didn't write a pill, so he's not. Ben Chanalo, Ben Chanalo. But Rashi is Rashi. I mean, the Rambam is the Rambam. The Neidah Bidah didn't write a Shulchan Aruch, so he's not the Neidah Bidah. The Shulchan Aruch is a Shulchan Aruch. Titus of Hashem to this day. No, it's not personal at all. That was the bigger issue. People thought it was personal. They thought. No, no, I'm saying people thought that Labamachin Rambam, yeah? It's like an ego thing. They didn't understand that he was more selfless than everybody. When Ayit came into Satanarab and he had a question and he spoke to him, he probably had it a lot of times during his ministry. So he saw there's a problem. What, did, what was his he didn't rationale? Today's problem at all. So he the problem. So the problem four years ago. Rebbe, so the problem Satmer Rebbe lost his family, and everybody else lost their family. They came in tzibrochin and mentioned to the Satmer Rebbe. Everybody was tzibrochin. Everybody. Not one person was not tzibrochin. Every Hungarian Jew was devastated and smashed. Satmer Rebbe gave him a home. He gave him hope. He told him as a dar he gave him back his payas, he gave him back his strimal, he gave him back his Shabbos, he gave him back his Zokin. You know what type of service he did? The Babavar Rebbe did it, the Gary Rebbe did it, the Vizhnitsa Rebbe did it. It's a tremendous service. Right, but when, when people came in and... He gave back they, the old stuff. And they, yeah, there was a tre- don't underestimate it. It's a brachana, no, you don't underestimate these pay. there wouldn't have been one payer left in the Jewish world. Everybody threw everything away. No, the question is when they and by saw, the way, and who told them to become Rebbe's also? The Baba Vareba wanted to quit, you know that, yeah? You know who told him, yeah? Huh? I know that he didn't want to. He went to the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rayans. And he told him, Vera Rebbe, become a Rebbe. He says, You're going to build an empire. The Vesmat Sliachza. The Satmar Rebbe also came to him, you know that. 
In the, in the mid-40s, the Rayat, who was a paralyzed man, he pushed them. He said, you'll rebuild, you'll all be successful. Yeah, the question is, of all the, uh, let's say when someone came into something, uh, and you saw that per- the person is confused or whatever, how did he, did he rationalize in his head? In the 50s, there was a different confusion. He lost his wife and the kids. There was a different confusion. It wasn't so they today. thought this was the only problem? <laughs> this was the problem. It was a bit to the gullahs, and then he decided to join this is everything. So that was the Mulchan. That's what? personal. It's not personal. You don't understand. Just because I didn't grow up in Satmar, I like the Satmar that I'm not like the Satmars who have issues with me. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? I'm not, uh, I mean, it's nothing as personal. I like all the others. I don't have issues. I understand. No, the question is. They're good people. They did it meant well. They, they, they sacrificed so much. And it wasn't easy for the Satmar, but he had no children. It was very sad. Well, my question is it's, it's easy, easy to say, it's easy to say. No one understood, and it's easy to say that the world was no, different hundred years ago. So I want to understand it. They did the best they can to give Yerushamayim, to give a Geshmak. They made Titian. They gave out Stalker. They did. They built Moist. They did whatever. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.